I think the conceit of the film definitely gave it a lot of nice breathing room for him to walk around and have these what I thought were very, very good conversations. It it almost felt like reading like a Dostoevsky novel or something where characters fade in and out and philosophize about death and what it all means. The inciting event, you know, this confession and the story of this child, that's not the story. That's the catalyst. You know, his seven days that he might have to live is not about him. It's about how now he views everybody else and how he answers their questions through the lens of, this is the last conversation I'm going to have with them. I think this is probably the only film to uh, about priests uh, to feature a felching reference, so that's a first. <laughs> a, a plus for that, I guess. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 308 with a review of... It's in your head. I've accepted him now. You can't, it's hard. can't distinguish the two. All right. So for those listening, I'm not even going to edit this out. I'm going to leave it in. Um, basically, we're reviewing the film uh, Calvary. And right before we started <laughs> to record, Carson put it in my head that he's going to accidentally say Cavalry. And... <laughs> Now I don't know which word it is. Well, you see, my girlfriend did it to me where she's like, I thought it was cavalry. And then she was like, oh, yeah, cavalry, because yeah, he's a priest. Um, <laughs> see, I thought it was chivalry, so I was really uh, disappointed. In- I thought it was chicanery. And then I was like, oh. So I thought it was Valkyrie. <laughs> yeah, the plot against Hitler. So, you know, yeah, I just decided you... to incept you all and, uh, you know, put that upon you so you don't know how to distinguish it. Yeah, well, the, the movie did start off in German and then transition into English pretty quickly. It did, quickly, totally so did, yeah. I could see why you were confused at first. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, we are here to talk about <laughs> Calvary. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, how are you guys doing this morning? Pretty good. Hopefully no... Uh, you know, we won't have any uh, random Wi-Fi droppings or yeah, background and, and also, noises. Yeah, I guess we haven't... I never finished the intro, so who are you, Carson? <laughs> I'm Carson Patrick. And who are you, Stephen? I'm Stephen Miller. And I'm Christopher Schnazy. This is the Spoiler Warning Podcast, weekly film review program, blah, 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 blah. We're diving in, we're debating, we're discussing yes. Calvary. So, mm-hmm. now, how are you guys doing? Pretty good. <laughs> Hopefully not going to bungle my words, but I will because that's just how I do. Well, I, I think we can probably get away once the review is going on. Besides the two points we have to say, let's listen to the trailer for Calvary. And, uh, well, you just watched the trailer for Calvary. Uh, mm-hmm. Besides that, I don't think we need to actually technically reference the probably word. Probably the end of the show, too, when you say music from today's show will come from the soundtrack yes. for, for you're probably going to say Calvary. Calvary. Yeah, probably, at that point. Probably. Not like some war charge or something. But thankfully, we'll be able to get around, hopefully, bungling our words, uh, or bundling our words, uh, so. <laughs> bungling and bundling. Yes. Booga, boogaloo. Anyways, th- this <laughs> film is style. out, this film's out in limited release some places, I guess. Uh, was was the rele- official release date August 1st? Yes. Okay. And- I, okay, it depends. IMDb thinks it was April 11th, but that was the <laughs> Ireland release date. Oh, okay. Oh, IMDb. Yeah, that was the priest-only showing they did over in Ireland. No, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Goo-goo! 
But anyways, they, uh, they showed it in prison as a uh, required required, <laughs> required viewing. Yeah, yes, totally. Uh, one um, of those kind of yeah, movies. Yeah, so th- this this may um, may be available in your area, but you know we. Uh, decided that we didn't really want to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or uh, Step Up, even though I'm still going to see that eventually. Where I'm uh, going to go all or in. Or the, uh, the food one that I also guiltily want to see still. <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> so basically, we're going to bring you this review of a film that uh, we all didn't know a whole lot about other than <laughs> we want to see this because it looked kind of badass <laughs> in the trailer. And I didn't even know that. I didn't know the trailer. <laughs> Steven was well, completely clueless. Well, Car- Carson and I have both saw this trailer recently, and we kind of like messaged each other and we're like, "Dude, how badass does that movie look?" <laughs> yeah, I was excited for it. So um, <laughs> the only thing I knew was Brendan Gleeson, which meant I knew it was going to be Irish, uh, <laughs> and that's really the only thing I knew going in. And I knew the name is uh, Cavalry. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the picture looks like a general standing. Yeah, uh, with a cross <laughs> on it, with a cross on his chest. I, I was positive this was going to be like a biopic of a general in the, cal- the cavalry. <laughs> Irish cavalry. Oh, uh, that makes me so happy. And, and by the way, even, and this might be spoilery, so I won't say why this is funny, but <laughs> I I thought there were going to be trailers before it, and so I got popcorn, <laughs> and when I showed up, it was 10 minutes late, <laughs> and so I missed the... Uh, the thing that happens in the beginning. Oh no! <laughs> oh jeez! So, so you don't even really know the whole conceit of what the the film is about. So I, I figured I figured it out through the movie. Like he dropped little references, but I didn't I didn't know till the very end exactly what it is that had happened at the beginning. <laughs> nice. That... And I still have questions. I still am not sure about a few things. So I think that's why you were questioning why Chris was asking you what he did. Or what you did, what you tasted before? <laughs> oh, no, no. So oh, I knew okay, that. Okay. I, I read a I read a review of it later, and somebody mentioned that. So I knew that that that, that happened. Okay. But I don't know. Calvary for instance, fail. I I don't know. For instance, whether the speaker was visible during that scene, whether his voice he was muffled. Yeah. yeah they, it, it takes anyway. it takes place in a confessional booth. Yeah, it takes it in the booth. We're only looking at Brendan Gleeson. So. Yeah. But the voice, is it recognizable? Not well, really. the same, because... <laughs> they're they're <laughs> Irish. You think even Irish people feel that? I think so. You but have I, to, right? But I feel like there are definitely some different... You can have a more, uh, you know, Irishy accent than uh, most, I feel. Yeah, you can do like, like an Irish spring water soap. Like, uh, he just, like, he just cranks it up to 11 for this. <laughs> I was seven years old. <laughs> Like Littlefinger in this movie from Game <laughs> of Thrones totally had a... He was totally rocking the... He was really going super leprechaun. <laughs> your, your accent <laughs> sounds like a Jim Henson Irish person. <laughs> uh, Kermit the Frog trying to do an Irish accent. Good times. Well, um, we are also this week going to have a uh, listener requested uh, review of Snowpiercer. So if you're listening to this and you're wondering why we're reviewing a film you can't see, um, we're doing one for us and one for you guys. So uh, Snowpiercer is available right now on video on demand, so everybody can go ahead and watch that one if you haven't seen it already. So look forward to that coming in the feed. But what do you say, guys? We start this episode off. Let's listen to the trailer for Calvary and then come back and give everybody our Calvary review. Nicely done. I'm here to listen to whatever you have to say. 
I'm going to kill you, father. Certainly a startling opening line. I was raped by a priest when I was seven years old. Why don't you make a formal complaint? What good would it do if the man's dead? Things you hear in confessions these days. The mess people make of their lives. You're a very nice-looking young woman. This is my daughter, Fiona. But you're a priest. I was married before I became a priest. You can do that, can you? It would appear so. There's no point in killing a bad priest, but killing a good one. That'd be a shock. Could have a word. Hope we don't get locked in here. We'll have to make love to keep warm. We have to ask ourselves, what does this man want? He wants to be loved. He wants to be admired. What do you see when you look at me? You see a sophisticated, eminent man in the prime of his life. He wants to be feared. Is this a police matter? No, it's a personal thing. What did you say you wanted a firefighter? I didn't say. Your church is on fire. It takes a lot of nerve to burn down a church. Unless there's a personal angle, nobody will have a grudge against your father, no? I'm going to kill you because you're innocent. Not right now, though. I give you enough time to put your house in order. Time is gone, you don't even realise it. My time will never be gone. So you're sure there's a god then, Father, yeah? Well, the future he know. Do you need help? I have had murderous feelings, I have to admit. Referring to the commandment, thou shalt not kill. What about self-defence? It's a tricky one, all right. Run along now, Father. Your sermon is finished. He needs taking down a pig or two. That's what he needs. Take me down, then. All right. So that was the trailer for Calvary. And, uh, you know, Stephen, you mentioned whether or not it was a spoiler, but I think the basic premise for this film has to be stated. So uh, the film opens in a confessional booth, and we find out that a person was uh, molested uh, serially by a priest. And uh, now that priest has passed away. And this person has decided that he is going to kill an innocent priest uh, because... Well, that's the way he is justifying the act. He's like, hey, it's not going to do any good to kill this bad priest. Why don't I kill a priest who has done nothing wrong? And he gives Brendan Gleeson a week's time before he is going to come after him and kill him. And this film follows Brendan Gleeson uh, over the course of that week as he uh, is, I guess, <laughs> awaiting himself to be killed by somebody. Uh, so, Carson, what did you think of this film? Um, I thought it was really great. Uh, I think uh, I knew going in that uh, it was probably going to be pretty awesome just be for the fact that... Uh, Mostly the pedophilia. Obviously. <laughs> down for that. Um, the obvious child. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, the I really like these McDonough brothers. Uh John Michael, who did this movie, also did The Guard with Brendan Gleeson, which was uh, basically Brendan Gleeson as, like, an awesome police captain uh, in Ireland. Um, And that movie was very funny, very witty, and very dark. They have, like, a very uh, deft ability to blend pitch black comedy with very, very dark uh, themes. 
With Brendan Gleeson. With Brendan Gleeson, because uh, <laughs> the other brother, Martin, uh, used him for In Bruges, which is one of the best movies that's come out in the past decade. I mean, that movie mm-hmm. is just near flawless, in my opinion. And obviously, he did Seven Psychopaths, which was a really fun movie. Yeah. Um, and I, I, they both... They both have this sort of, um, I mean, they come from the the play world, so they have a very, like, playwright style, and um, very evident in uh, John Michael's movies, because this movie, Calvary, could definitely be uh, a play. Uh, I feel it, it, you know, no pun intended, plays out that way. Uh, <laughs> it, it very much feels like it was adapted from a play, um, even though it's an original piece. Um Definitely, the way that characters kind of present themselves, right, and each right. one has a unique and and, and the way quirk. the way that the film is structured, there's a lot of scenes where it's just Brendan Gleeson talking with one other person. Um, yeah, and you know, there's it's really like two characters talking. Um, I would actually just real fast jumping in. This would, I would love to see this as a play where, like you know, the character in the Brendan Gleeson role never leaves the center of the stage and crew Mm. members are manipulating the set behind him into like he's in a confessional booth he stands up the confessional booth like pulls away and then the bar slides in and he's meeting his daughter and then the bar pulls away and then the church comes in and he's talking to that other priest guy like yeah it'd be really cool to see like a very stylized like microsoft surface commercial style where (laughs) (laughs) like the scenery around him is changing and he's kind of just there the whole time or or like an old spice commercial where he's looking at the camera saying (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. saying witty things while the world happens around him yeah like that would that would be a pretty sweet play i I would go see that yeah i mean it it definitely feels like it could it could do they could do it that way um and and the also again the way that it's structured and the fact that you know it's taking place over a week's time um, and we get, you know, each day we get like the title card telling us which day it is. That's yeah, uh, not Richard Linklater style. <laughs> no, and, you know, sometimes that can be distracting, but I feel like in this case, it was almost like a tension builder. You're like, oh, like it's getting closer. And because um, underneath it all, it, this movie is pretty much a whodunit. You're like, I don't, you know, it's Brendan Gleeson going around and it's almost like he's trying to investigate who might be this person who threatened his life well, or, or it, in my it, case it, it was a what what did he done <laughs> what, did, <laughs> what he did he done it <laughs> well no the, the weird thing about it though is he kind of knows who it is from the beginning like immediately i mean when, when oh you that's live right a, yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> when you live in a tiny town like that near the priest and like everybody sort of goes to mass or whatever the irish equivalent is like regardless of uh uh, whether they really feel like they should be there or not. It's sort of it's like you know everybody in in your congregation. And it's like from the very beginning, he doesn't have to even like peek out to see who just walked out of the confessional booth. Like he well, pretty much knew who it was from the beginning. Yeah. We don't know because we can't differentiate between the accents. Well, that's what I, that's what I meant. I mean, like he obviously knows, but we yeah. we as an audience member don't know. So that, I mean, there's a... There's a sense of mystery in that area where it's like, we don't know who it could be. And he's going around, you know, we're presented all the different uh, town characters, you know, as the, as, you know, who could be, who could be the person that it is. Uh, My girlfriend was just like, oh, I knew who it was from the beginning. And I was just like, well, I, 
I didn't. Like, I'm just dumb, I guess. Because <laughs> um, I seriously I, I, think that the voice was... Obviously, they do very much sound alike, but I feel like the voice was a little bit altered to hide his uh, identity. I don't know. I, I truly believed it might have been, like, since I didn't see the beginning of the movie... I, I I truly believed it might have been like the saw kind of voice being <laughs> jigsaw. <laughs> uh, it's time to play a game, father. Yeah, the, the only person I knew it, who it wasn't was Lord Baelish because his voice is so identified, <laughs> yeah, identifiable yeah. that like I was like, well, it can't be him because I would have definitely got his slimy ass accent. <laughs> and it certainly wasn't like the old American dude. <laughs> for sure that would have been a crazy twist that would have been ridiculous like, i'm actually book. irish you fool <laughs> so my book is complete <laughs> now you it, it probably it probably wasn't one of the women <laughs> who, he, who he sees yeah it definitely wasn't a woman um and i will say uh again going back to the to the uh the very dark comedy aspects i mean the movie is funny in certain places like there's a lot of like real really good zingers. Um, I think this is probably the only film to uh, about priests uh, to feature a felching reference, so that's a first. Um, <laughs> a, a plus for that, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's it, there's just a lot of... I, I love the fact that they, they both write characters that speak freely. Like, there's no real filter, um, and it's all very non-PC which is nice, um, and and I think that's probably how <laughs> most Irish people are. But uh, it's it's <laughs> nice to hear that in movies because you know you you don't really get that sort of sense uh, a lot of the times. I mean, if you're gonna make a movie with this dark of a subject matter, I mean, you might as well go step up all in. I mean, you you should really you know you can't really play it light. I feel um, yeah, but. But the whole cast is really great. Brendan Gleeson is good as always. I mean, he's always giving it his all. And uh, yeah, like I thought like Chris O'Dowd was really good. Um, like a nice turn for him, you know. Uh, and obviously Lord Baelish and uh, all of the characters had their own. The, the guy who was the rich guy who was in Shaun of the Dead, like they all had their, their you know, East eccentricities and uh uh they were they were definitely you know unique people to uh to listen to and to watch so what did you think steven after missing the first 10 minutes of this film <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm, I'm so, actually really interested <laughs> yeah so i do think this gave me a very particular viewing experience um one that maybe had more suspense than than you would have otherwise um <laughs> Because you don't know that he's supposed so, to... So here, here's what I knew, because because he has a conversation with a bishop or something fairly early on in the movie. Yeah. I knew someone had confessed that they were going to commit a crime, and I knew he knew who they were. Uh, but he didn't know who the crime was supposed to be against. I, I didn't know what the crime was, who it was against. I thought maybe the person hadn't even said, and I thought... So I could definitely tell there was supposed to be this air of suspense building up that a terrible thing was going to happen. I, I mean, there are these title cards that show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of started to clue in. I also figured that 
I, I don't know. I, I would say I didn't miss much from not having the beginning, but it was much more uh, up in the air for me. Not not the movie up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> the, the plot was much more heavily mysterious and suspense driven in that I had no idea what could happen in this movie. <laughs> um, and it probably speaks to the amazingly like brooding tone that the older McDonough is that how you pronounce his name? Oh McDonough. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that he's able to convey with this, that I felt very strongly this sense of imminent dread and something terrible about to happen throughout the film, even though it was never explicitly said to me at any point that this was coming. Um, to the, to the point where by the time the pivotal scene happens, I knew that it was going to happen. Like, I, I, I think there's a scene towards the end of the movie, again, kind of in mimicking the, uh, the Stations of the Cross, which I think they were going for here, where a character has a chance to avoid the imminent and and like ha- has this kind of decision of whether to stay or to flee. Yeah. And and at that point, I could, with pretty high certainty, know what was going to happen. <laughs> uh, like I think by then I had figured out what the initial conversation was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, anyway, all of that aside, I I really enjoyed this movie. I I thought it was very very good. Um, I think the conceit of the film definitely gave it a lot of nice breathing room for him to walk around and have these, what I thought were very, very good conversations. It, it almost felt like reading like a Dostoevsky novel or something where characters fade in and out and philosophize about death and what it all means and, yeah. and then go back to, you know, the dark plot. Uh, and this definitely balanced very well. Uh, extremely black humor with very weighty subject matters that I think, like, I think there was actually a lot of profound stuff discussed in this movie um, under the conceit of a priest who may or may not even be agnostic. I'm, I'm not really sure I could tell dur- during the movie what he's supposed to believe and what he isn't. Um, but just kind of surveying the world and discussing, like, matters like forgiveness and at what point has a person gone so far that you can't pick up a line and reach them again? Yeah. Um, I mean, there are some extremely powerful moments in this movie, particularly, I would say, his uh, his conversations with his daughter throughout the film and his conversation with Freddie, who is uh, Gleason's actual son. Oh, yeah, in real life. yeah. Um, a, a person in a prison cell who he's having a very very gnarly conversation with um but through through it all i think just seeing characters come and go with these dark very particular very particular issues and they're clear the fact that they clearly don't care about him they don't care about this whole religious charade it's just a thing that they do and kind of the the idea of a man like surveying a world where he might not be relevant anymore but still trying to provide advice in the best way he can. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I There was a lot to love in this movie for me. I loved uh, the character of Milo when he's asking about joining the army. Um, I, I don't know about in your in your audience. In, in mine, people were laughing so hard. Like, that was an extremely funny moment. <laughs> Whereas I actually found it to be fairly moving, uh, the, the priest's response to this. Um, 
yeah, I don't know, just everything, the general tone. So when I was watching it, I was thinking, this really feels like, uh, really feels like it's Martin McDonough. Like, this is crazy. It's such a well-made, dark, that sense of brooding. Only, unlike in Bruges, it's not going to erupt in a huge, like, action scene in the end. <laughs> Like you know, you know it's building up to something, but it's not going to explode the way that his movies do. Um, so then realizing that this is actually the brother of said director makes me pretty convinced that there are only two directors in Ireland. <laughs> uh, there's, there's only one family that's making making movies like this. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I loved it. All all the characters I thought were very strong. Um, some more than others. Like, Chris O'Dowd, I thought, was a very well-realized character. Um, also, Carsetti from The Wire. I have no idea the actor's name, but the doctor in this movie. Um, I thought he had, like, a very interesting darkness to him. Uh, the rich man. Uh, I don't know. There were so many... Just so many moments of, like, utter depravity. And then a, just a little hint of redemption and what it means. Uh, which I think the final scene in this movie especially like ties it back to the idea of reaching out to people who are lost and trying to communicate and forgive um really moving it really left me with a lot to think about like it's been hovering over my head for the past two days since i saw it uh yeah i liked it chris what did you think uh cool yeah uh i think i might have liked it a little bit less than both you guys but i part part of that is is sort of because the impression I got from the trailer of what type of film this was going to be. And uh, part of it is just sort of this struggle in my head between the w- what is genuinely good dialogue and what is uh, what at some times feels forcefully attempting to be good dialogue. Uh, and what, what I kind of mean by that is like there's, there's a scene in the film where, um, you know, the old guy who's writing his book makes some statement and Brendan Gleeson says something like, that's one of those lines that sounds really witty and insightful, but doesn't mean anything. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like there there are certain points where, I it, it's it's not the dialogue itself; it's the dialogue intercut with like this slow pan around a plateau in Ireland and like uh, all mm-hmm. these like super peaceful shots where it's like it goes from being like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm really into what is being talked about, to being like, oh well, that just now I feel like I'm being manipulated into enjoying the conversation that's taking place. Mm-hmm. Which kind of does go back to Carson's uh, description of this as more like a play than a movie. Like, I think in, in a play, we maybe we allow for a little bit more of that dialogue-driven, on-the-nose uh, moralizing <laughs> Yeah, maybe yeah. in a film comes across as a little more uh, more cliched or forced. yeah. And, and, and to, to go back to my statement about, like, my uh, interpretation of what I was going to get from this film is what I really expected is, uh, you know, a priest just discovers, you know, his... Uh, basically, what, what I wanted, what, what I kind of expected was to see a, a, a priest struggle with faith in the sense of, like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a man of God. I know how I'm supposed to behave. I've learned about this uh, injustice that is about to be placed upon me for crimes that another priest has committed in the past um and the the trailer definitely sold some of the action so i was looking for sort of uh for a struggle in how our character um decides to go about how he's going to deal with this impending doom that is coming towards him 
and uh, not not that like I wanted any sort of actiony type thing, but I really wanted to dive into the depth of a priest questioning what actions he's allowed to take in the challenging of of what he's expecting to happen. Um, I didn't get that at all from this film, but what I did get is something incredibly interesting that I was not prepared for, and which which is fits on the side of the the stuff that I really love about this film, like that you guys were talking about, is you know this the the inciting event, you know, this confession and the story of this child being serially molested by this priest, that's not the story. That's the catalyst that, like, the story we're watching is the other people in the village mm-hmm. seen through the eyes of Brendan Gleeson and his reaction to the things they're telling him. So his, you know, his seven days that he might have to live is not about him. It's about how now he views everybody else and how he answers their questions mm-hmm. through the lens of the, this may like, be the last. Yeah, this is the last conversation I'm going to have with them. What what good can I do now? Or do I even believe that I like? Is this something I should even be bothered? Like, there there's just this weird sense of it's not a story about him. It's a story about everyone else, and mm-hmm. that is the thing that like wholly surprised me and that I really really like about the film. And any little complaint I have here or there about um, you know, the, you know, like beautiful vistas that they're showing and stuff like that, that, that feel a little on the nose is, is for the most part, honestly, overshadowed by just this really interesting idea of these people having these conversations and, um, him responded, like he responds in ways that you can kind of tell that, (laughs) that (laughs) these next seven days are weighing on him, that he doesn't know how to do with them, but he's going to, he, he doesn't like, hold up in his house with, uh, you know, a big shotgun and just spend seven days, like, setting up this James Bond-style ambush where he's going to try to ride this thing out. Like, it's really, he just continues about his day and he talks to all the people that need to be talked to and he just, his conversations are flavored by what's taking place, but the plot itself isn't driven by this impending doom. So uh, that that's something that I think is really awesome and really the the thing that makes this film worth watching yeah I, I would definitely agree and i think i think my opinion of the film changed the more i watched it I, at, at the beginning or not beginning unfortunately but almost beginning <laughs> when i came into the theater which really wasn't that late i think when i came in it had just cut to the first scene of the vista and the guy surfing and uh I, I think the only thing that I missed was the the one that lays the groundwork for what happens yeah. <laughs> throughout the yeah, movie. Yeah, I think that was like the that was right after the the opening scene. Yeah, was yeah. yeah. But anyway, when I first started watching, I, at this point, I believed it to just be a character study of this priest. I I was not yet aware that there was something something about his life that wouldn't wouldn't last much longer. Like some something that made him carry each conversation with this kind of weight yeah Uh, so at the beginning it felt a little bit like okay these are too many heavy conversations in a row Uh, and the the variety of the characters which i grew to really like uh, the dark kind of twisted funhouse mirror look of all of them where they all are like deeply cynical and deeply wrong in some way yeah um at the beginning that framing device felt like look they're trying too hard they're trying to make it uh they're trying to make these people terrible so he can exaggerate how far we've come from the religious ideals of the past. Uh, And the more it grew into this kind of dark mystery of 
who done it and who can be redeemed and who can be forgiven, the more I loved that that framing device. Like I I was way into the kind of conceit of the play that I imagined this movie was meant to be. Yeah. Um, but th- there were definitely times toward the beginning where I felt like, oh come on, th- this is way too obvious what you're doing right now, and I all all of the things I disliked, I eventually grew to like about it. But I could I could certainly imagine someone walking away feeling like it was a little too on the nose and a little too pretentious, kind of like a Linkletter movie. I could I could imagine <laughs> someone very very rightly pointing this out about a movie like Waking Life, uh, and it's really just like if you felt it, then you're going to be okay with it. And if you didn't feel it, then it might be a distraction to you. Yeah. Well, it's interesting what you said about, um, you know, the line where you said, oh, it sounds like a witty saying that someone would say or whatever. Um, yeah. Now, I had that thought in my head, um, especially when he was talking to uh, the one dude with the bow tie um <laughs> like the one that's like clinically <laughs> insane yeah the one well, which who, one the, the, the one, one who's with, trying to join the army the bow tie guy oh, yeah, yeah. the bow tie guy who comes in <laughs> milo milo yes that was his character name um and he's talking to uh brendan gleason in the church and uh he says something like uh i don't have the gift of the gab um which i thought was an interesting line because it's like well technically all of these characters have the gift of the gab because they're being written by a man who has the gift of the gab. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. Like some, sometimes you hear lines like that in movies, and you just kind of have to like roll with it. And well, he he was specifically talking about like chatting up the ladies, right? Yeah, picking right. Up Ch- chatting yeah. up ladies. But I'm just saying, he, he was definitely an example too of an. Uh... A character who probably wouldn't exist as is in the real world. Right, right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He, he was, was a very magnified, self-aware version of himself. I mean, yeah, w- yeah. within the universe of, uh, of the, you know that 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 he created, I think that all of the characters act as real people. I guess yeah. within well, he, their, he he was like a clinical sociopath. Oh no, who, he was totally who, who's, who's like sociopathicness was not like created due to some traumatic event when he was a child. Like he just yeah something <laughs> some some screw was loose in that boy. <laughs> yeah, um, but I because I because I so I just I just saw it as that um, that you know it's 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 taking place in the real world as created by john michael uh um, yeah, yeah it's like a stylized right uh, version of Ireland. It, it'd be like you know characters in a tarantino film or something you know then or like that um or in a shane black movie or something like it's they're all like have like they know what to say at the right moment you know and they always have something very witty and thoughtful or whatever but uh i, I thought like the whole like the you know what you're saying like with the the lush vista shots and everything um i mean i just kind of saw that as merely scene transition um kind of like well, it, the it, cinematic it's, it's the version music, it's yeah. the music cue with that shot like it's like <laughs> like it's it'd be yeah, right after something impactful was said, it'd be like <laughs> true true yeah. but i i think i think i was partly okay with that because of the the very heavy 
ceremonial undertones of this movie. <laughs> They're trying to uh, give you a little piece. Which make, make more sense once I realized, oh, I didn't realize the name was actually Cavalry till after the movie, by the way. <laughs> I, be, like, I when believe the, the whole roll. time that it was Cavalry and he's maybe God's Cavalry. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, when is this guy going to get up on a horse? <laughs> yeah, no, any moment I was expecting him to flash back to his days as a like Cavalry. <laughs> uh, pulls out his sword or something. <laughs> No, like, so I, I like puts the movie. on his infantry <laughs> uniform. <laughs> the movie ends and it cuts to his room where all he has is a cross on one side and then this picture of a horse on the other side, and the <laughs> camera just slowly pans into the horse and then fades to black. Mm. Dude, that's totally how slight tangent, but that's totally how my girlfriend was just like, I just thought Foxcatcher was about wrestling. I didn't know he was like he has a gun and shit. Like, you know, he walks in. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, like, why do you think everyone's all excited about it? Or anyway, um, like, I just thought it was a wrestling movie. I was like, no, this isn't, you know, against the ropes or something. Um, <laughs> well, I know nothing about that film. So. <laughs> actually, that was boxing, so that was a poor uh, analogy. But uh, anyway, the Vista shots, I was just going to say, um, I mean, they definitely were used as scene transitioning. Um, but I mean, I kind of felt like that they were the cinematic version of, like how you describe your ideal version of the play, like yeah, the yeah. play version of this would be, you know, like where they're just moving the scenery and he's still in one spot. Um, but I, I do think that there could be, you know, there's like, Hey, we're in a like beautiful looking country. Let's throw in some shots. I, I know nah, that's the stupid reason, but uh, I mean, it could be, <laughs> It could be because, yeah, I mean, the movie is very dark. You might Apology need like accepted. a, you might need a little breather <laughs> in between each, uh, you know, very heavy conversation. Yeah, yeah, and and also to be fair, uh, they are saying something uh, weighty, and and after you always get a vista shot followed by like Brendan Gleeson staring off thinking. So like mm-hmm. it's sort of like we get the same moment that he has to think. We just get it from a further back view. To reflect on what he saw. Yeah. What was that, Stephen? Yeah, I, I was just agreeing. It, it's kind of a moment of reflection before the next scene change and the next character is paraded in and talks about yeah, their view of life. Because I think uh, there's a good mix of like people who are either genuinely going so- through something or have something to say, and then some people who are there just for comic relief. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so... Like the, uh, the, 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 es- the male escort. Yeah. Like yeah. Leo. Yeah. Like, I don't know what movie he was from. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> he was doing some like, old timey movie star. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was definitely doing a character. <laughs> like, yeah. a, like, a, yeah. He's like, Hey, we're going to go fight the shocks. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He sounded, he did. He sounded like a greaser or something. <laughs> Uh, He's gonna start snapping his fingers and <laughs> just play it cool, boy. I, I've got to say, and I'm sure, I'm sure both of you will agree. Uh, Brendan Gleeson definitely like holds this movie together, or at least I, I guess I'm not sure you agree, but I, I feel like he was perfectly cast for the role. Uh, if I have to watch someone staring and thinking <laughs> for a long time, then <laughs> you're like, I'm glad a, it's like, Mad Eye Moody. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, gonna say, I'm just glad that menace. both his eyes look the same direction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With a hint of menace brooding below the surface, I really, yeah, I, I was a big fan of his performance in this. Yeah, he can he can do that very well. It's it's weird. Has, has he starred in many movies? By the way, I've seen him as like secondary character. Yeah, he's or he's, a, he's usually like a supporting character. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he's one of those. He's almost like a character actor, and like when he's given a lead role, like a meaty role, like it's it's he always you know crushes it. It's it's weird that he was an English teacher, um, and then he decided like very late. I want to say when he was like forty. Yeah, or something, like forty. Right? He decided like I want to be an actor. Like I've always wanted to be an actor, and he got cast in uh, Braveheart. Uh, so yeah, like it. Not a bad first gig. No, uh, he, was, he was tired of acting like he liked being a teacher, and then decided <laughs> he was like, you know, I'm actually pretty good at this. He took out all his rage uh, of being <laughs> teaching <laughs> on screen. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 a pretty interesting story. But yeah, and then his son too is is also a very good actor. Like I, I thought he was really good in About Time, and uh, you know what? I didn't even notice it was him as the uh the convict in this movie like i i didn't even recognize him i don't know why but like in retrospect when my girlfriend was like oh the his foxy son from about time was the cannibal and i was just like really i I was like i i I read the name and knew that it was his son i did not put together that he was the about time kid yeah and i was just like i was like but i don't know for some reason in this movie it didn't look like him um i don't know but in retrospect i was like yeah like that was totally him but like in the moment he just was so in that character or just they had him looking differently i don't know i just it just it was completely, the weird haircut they gave him i guess yeah. yeah completely like he didn't have his like stark red hair or something I it was just, like a weird squire haircut or something yeah it, it threw me off so i i didn't know that was him at first yeah he was he was definitely like Friar Tuck or something in this movie. <laughs> Friar Tuck yeah. mutilated people. <laughs> Did a bunch of horrible things. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can bleep that if it's a spoiler, but I, I don't know if anything in this movie other than the ending, the ending is a yeah. spoiler. Well, also, he's he's not like... He's just a character that's passing through. Like, it's not like... Mm-hmm. It's not like a reveal that, oh, like, once you yeah, see... By, like, by the time you meet him, you are told right away who he is. Right, yeah. Your, yeah. your introduction to him is him in jail. So it's not like, <laughs> yeah. oh, God, this character that I didn't know was in jail is now in jail. Right. And that's, and that's a, a good thing about this film. They don't really explain to you who people are. Like, it comes through in the, in the dialogue. Um, and there's <laughs> no, like someone turning going like well you're in jail and you did this and this and this you know like it's it's revealed naturally it's not just like i have to turn and say this because the audience doesn't know though if the about boy uh (laughs) guy was the one who was actually in the confessional booth in the beginning of the movie that would have been crazy then Mm -hmm. we'd have some uh damn what was the movie with uh the guy who was in the jail, but was still committing the crimes outside the jail, and nobody could figure out what's going on. We reviewed uh, it on the podcast, and it was bad. Oh, was it? Was that Law Abiding Citizen? Yeah, Law Abiding Citizen. Yeah, with G Butts. Yep. G Butts. G Butts was never committing the it. crimes. Well, you don't have to see it now because I sort of <laughs> just spoiled it. <laughs> I thought that movie was mildly entertaining in a stupid way, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it was. Not as good as this film. It needed more Irish accents. It, they should have let G Butts just do a Scottish accent because <laughs> he really couldn't hide it. Train your dragon accent. He really couldn't hide it in the movie. So. <laughs> All right. So you think we should get into our verdict for this film, guys? All right. Um, yeah. 
All right. So, Carson, why don't you start us off? If you were going to give this a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I would definitely give it a must-see. I think that uh, for all the reasons stated, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very well-written, well-directed, well-acted film, and uh, yeah, it certainly cuts through the noise in terms of good movies, good indie movies, too. Um, yeah, I really liked it, so I don't know. There's not much else to say. Steven? Yeah, I've I've got to echo that and give it a must-see. Um, and I have to do, again, it's a failure of the rating system that despite being a must-see, I have a caveat, which is your tolerance for dark subject matter. <laughs> and, I mean, you now know more than me in that you know the premise of the film. <laughs> so if that, if that alone disturbs you, like conversations about... Um, about child abuse and other such things will be had and some of it will be in a deeply dark humor sort of way that i guess only irish people can have (laughs) Um, (laughs) and if if you are cool with that i think this film has a whole lot to offer i'm i'm going to say you know forget son of god and god's not dead like this is definitely the best film about religion i've seen in quite a while oh yeah Um, in terms of the questions it poses and yeah. the uh, the the genuine heart that it seems to have uh, and some of the messages. <laughs> Granted, I don't think any youth group outing should be going and seeing this movie <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> I don't think um, so. They probably would not enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely just extremely thought-provoking, extremely well-acted, well-directed. The mood is just pitch-perfect. And yeah, like I said, I, it's been like 36 hours now, and I've thought about this movie many times since leaving the theater, which is the most I can ask for a movie like this. Yeah. Chris? Um, I, I am going to bump it down just a little bit to a recommend with a caveat, like a solid recommend with a caveat, because just watching the film, there was, through a lot of the film, I was just like, in the back of my head, I was thinking... I'm not sure who I can recommend this to because I, I, off the top of my head, I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, yeah, you should see that movie, and they could see it and then come back to me and be like, why did you think that I would like that movie? Um, I think if you actually give it a chance and watch it, there's a lot to enjoy and uh, a lot to talk about after the fact. Um, so I, th- I think you could even have good discussions with somebody who didn't like it, uh, just having both have seen it already. Um, but yeah it's it's hard for me to just like blanketly say it's a must-see um for that reason so i'm gonna leave it at recommend with a caveat so mm-hmm. i i will say if you found in bruges funny you will probably enjoy this movie <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah I, I think that's the sort of bleak hearted but like slow bleakness it's not like lock stock and two smoking barrels or something like a very slowly dark building kind of warped exaggerated view of the world everything's a little foggy if you like that kind of thing i i would be surprised if you dislike this movie all right well uh that is our review so two must-sees and one recommend with a caveat uh carson if people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that uh you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com steven if people want to find me, they can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. 
If you'd like to get back episodes of the show, you can head over to thespoilerwarning.com where a bunch of those are over there. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, or you can like us at Facebook at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our website, or you can leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Calvary. So hopefully you're enjoying that. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it, yes. (laughs) Nailed Um, the landing. (laughs) um, uh, But yes, uh, we are now going to go off and record a listener requested review of Snowpiercer. So please stay tuned for that. That'll be showing up in the feed somewhere after this episode. Uh, Thank you two for joining me. Yes, thank you for having us again. I just yeah. I spoke for you, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, and thanks for uh, thanks for picking this movie rather than any of the others that came out this weekend. <laughs> I think yeah. we made the right choice. I really wanted Stephen to watch Step Up All In, but I was I wasn't gonna make him go back and watch all the previous Step Up films for context. Um, but maybe maybe one day, <laughs> maybe one day on a plane flight to like somewhere in yeah, the world, yeah, you can catch up on all the. <laughs> You can mainline all the Step Up movies. (laughs) And then you'll jump out of the plane. Actually, the great thing about the Step Up movies is the dancing is awesome enough that you can watch each individual dance scene on uh, the internet, uh, on, Mm -hmm. on, like, YouTube and stuff. You just, like, YouTube, like, the Step Up movie and then, like, first dance and the second dance and third dance. And really, that's all you care about anyways because, like, I enjoy it because the choreography is pretty sweet and uh, I don't care about the story in any of the movies. <laughs> the story is always usually, uh, it's usually pretty butt. Yeah, it's basically dance porn. You're just like, yeah, All right, yeah. We don't care if her pipes are broken. Just yeah, get in there. Just, you just want to fast forward through all the plot to get to the to the actual porn. <laughs> yeah. The dancing. And on that note, hope you enjoyed Calvary. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we will see you in our Snowpiercer review. Choo choo. Ha, 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 ha.